Hi, and welcome back to our broadcast. My name is Brian Likens, and on our last broadcast, we were talking about uh, setting your focus and getting your focus back on track and, and how when we do get out of focus, that's when we let in emotions of defeat or we let in uh, emotions of, of those uh, depressing and emotions that will cause us to go to a negative place that will take us out of the will of God instead of emotions that help perpetuate us forward and to keep us going. And when we get our focus off of God or off of his plan for us, that's when the enemy comes in with the thoughts of defeat and the thoughts of discouragement. And we were in Philippians uh, chapter 3, and I'm going to go on in Philippians chapter 4, and the Apostle Paul just really begins to set at home of, of how you keep your mind set on things above and what you how your mind affects you and, and how you move forward and you press forward. And your mind is a powerful thing. Your imagination is powerful you know, imagination is not bad. God gave us imagination, but there is vain imagination. There is the imagination that when it's not linked with God, when it's not linked with his word, when it's not, when our imagination begins to run away with us or our imagination is full of vanity or things against the kingdom of heaven, against our heavenly father, then that imagination is darkened or it's tainted. But the imagination is powerful. It's, it is, it is God given to us. It, your imagination, you live by it on a daily basis. Uh, I need to turn my phone off. You live, uh, you live by it on a daily basis. Your, your, everything that you do, everything you, you walk out, every, every, um, everything that you dream about is, fueled or through your imagination. You your memory, when you look back or you're describing something, you're you're using your imagination to de to describe something that you cannot see, something you're familiar with, maybe your home, your car, your or on on a job and you have to look back and remember something. When you're remembering your imagine that's your part of your imagination is to to see something that you're not physically looking at. So the imagination is very powerful, and we're going to get into in more of what Paul, the Apostle Paul, uh, talked about in Philippians chapter four, and we're going to see how he tells us to by pressing forward, like we talked about last broadcast, pressing forward toward the mark, pressing on, keeping your focus, setting your mind on the things that are above, setting your mind on the kingdom of God. And let me go ahead and open up this prayer. Father, in the name that is above every name, Lord, we worship you today. Father, we thank you, Lord God, because we are your people. And Lord, if there are people that are watching this that don't know you or their, their relationship is strained, Father, I'm asking you to help them. I'm asking you, Lord God, to draw them in. I'm asking you, Lord God, to help encourage us as believers to stir us up to do and to walk out what you have called us to do. Lord, I thank you that you have given us the ability and the power to overcome every obstacle or every uh, attack of the enemy. You have given us the ability to overcome every trap that the enemy has laid. And Lord, if we have failed, if we've messed up, Lord, we make a decision to get up, to get back up and to keep moving, to move forward, to press on, to press into what Father God that you have for us, that we are not of those that draw back, but we move forward in the name of Jesus. And Father, we thank you for stirring us up with by the gift of the Holy Spirit on the inside of us, by the Holy Spirit himself. We thank you, Lord God, that we are stirred in our spirit 
that we rise up to the occasion and we become the men and women of God that you've called us to be. And Lord, thank you for your word. And today as we open up this in Philippians chapter 4, Lord, we thank you for that wisdom and insight. And we thank you, Holy Spirit, for revelation knowledge that only comes from you. In the name that's above every name, the precious name of Jesus. So as we were talking about your getting your focus back and and especially in this day and age that we're living in, it's easy to be distracted. It's easy for our minds to get distracted and off of what is the truth. Many people take and let their mind run away with them and they 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 go to places and they they look at movies or they they'll they'll watch television to to distract themselves or they'll play games they read a book or anything they can do to get their mind off of it they'll entertain themselves or they they go to an event or they uh many people that you know they turn to drugs and, and alcohol and become to 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 become drunk to the point of of numbing themselves because they cannot stand the emotions and the feelings or the thoughts that are going on and anything that they can do to, to to get that get those thoughts out of their mind because when they're when they're sober or when they're without anything distracting them the thoughts in their mind are so strong and powerful and the apostle Paul is talking about this when he said he you sit in three you set your mind on things above well if you set your mind if you fix or focus on something you have the ability to set and to fix and to change so he's given us then this instruction and it's not that you are not able to do it does it take some effort yes does it take the the holy spirit absolutely it takes a, a supernatural ability but you have that supernatural ability because you have god living on the inside of you you have the, the god himself living on the inside of you and the enemy wants you to think that you're weak and that you're powerless and that you're not able to overcome and it is a lie from the devil. God has has stripped Satan of his authority. He has broken his power. He has no authority. The only authority that he ha- the only not authority but the only tactic really that he has is deception, lies, manipulation. Anything with deceit. He has to trick he has to deceive. He has to talk you into doing something for him because he cannot force you to do it yourself. Satan does not have the power to force you to do anything. A lot of people say, well, the devil made me do it. No, you opened up the door to the devil and the, the emotions and feelings were so strong and people are, are full of lust or full of hate or full of anger. They're so full, but it, they're so full of that it, that evil that they don't stop something they know is wrong and then after it's over and they realize what happened then they say I, I didn't mean to the devil maybe no the devil didn't make you do anything the devil cannot make you or force you do anything when you when you allow yourself over to those emotions you're being ruled by it because you have allowed that emotion to become so strong that you no longer stop it or put it in check or put it down because and that's the that's the way that anger anger is if you allow anger to to begin on a small scale before you know it you'll wind up throwing things or hitting somebody or doing something that afterwards you regret because you did not put it in check but it did not take it did not do it without your will you allowed it to overtake you because you let that emotion get to the place or become so strong that you did not stop it and you could 
You could stop it. And some people say, well, there's no way I couldn't have stopped it. I guarantee you, if you got so angry that you were getting ready to do something and someone or someone pulled a gun on you and said, you do and I'll blow your head off. Or the police officer comes up and says, I will arrest you and put you in jail. If you touch them, you'd stop immediately. All of a sudden, you've got strength. But because you don't have someone putting you in check or you don't have someone uh, resisting you or stopping you or giving you a consequence that is worse than where you're at, then you allow yourself to go on and do things that you shouldn't do. And then you say, the devil made me do it. The devil don't make you do anything. We let him operate in our life by giving place to him and allowing our emotions to get to the place that we no longer subdue or put them in check or keep them in control unless there's a consequence or there's something bigger than us to stop it. But I guarantee you to a, a man that'll beat his wife and says that, you know, he, he, he just, she made him do it or she, he couldn't take it or that is, or he couldn't stop it. He could stop it because I guarantee you if there was someone bigger than him there, he wouldn't lay a hand on her. So all of those excuses are that we don't, we allow uh, the, our imagination to run away with us. We allow our focus to be taken away or we allow those emotions to, to begin to dominate to the point that we don't restrict ourselves. I tell my, my children, I've told my children this growing up. I said, you, are in control or you're responsible for your emotions. I'm not saying that you don't ever get angry or you're not having trouble being upset, but you are still in control of those emotions and you are responsible for them. Just because you're having a bad feeling or you're having anxiety or you're having all this isn't a, in a, a reason or an excuse for you to scream at someone or to hurt someone or hit someone or to lash out or to be disrespectful to your mother or to myself. I say your emotions are your responsibility. If you feel like they're getting too much for you and you can't, you can't stop yourself, then you need to walk away or you need to say, I'm having trouble here and I'm, I'm, I don't want to say the wrong thing. If you'll give me a few minutes, I'll, I'll calm down and we'll talk about this, but you don't have the right just because your emotions are going uh, haywire or, or so chaotic to just lash out and say or do anything. As a person, our emotions are our responsibility. Are they tough? Sometimes, absolutely. Do they become overwhelming? Absolutely. Sometimes grief and sorrow or pain, all of these things will cause our emotions to feel like we are out of control. But if you stop and set yourself and get a hold of yourself, you, you, if you had a, you know, my grandparents used to say, get a hold of yourself. <laughs> you got to get a hold of yourself, son. When you when you're feel like you're losing control, you have the ability and the power to get a hold of yourself. And look in uh, Philippians in Philippians chapter. I'm going to read it in the New Living Translation. Philippians chapter four. This is where the the Apostle Paul is going on. He says. Uh, verse one, therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stay true to the Lord. I love you and long to see you, dear friends, for you are my joy and the crown I receive for my work. Now I appeal to you, uh, 
Euodia and to uh, Syntyche, please, because you belong to the Lord, settle your disagreement. And I ask you, my true partner, to help these two women, for they worked hard with me in telling others the good news. Now, there's a scripture for the women out there that you, people tell you, you can't do anything for the, for God. That's not true. The Apostle Paul is is in, is uh, is uh, giving them props here, saying, uh, "My uh, help these two women, for they worked hard with me in telling others the good news. They worked along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers, whose names are written in the book of life." Verse four: Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again: Rejoice. He says, "Always be full of joy in the Lord." I say it again: Rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. And here he goes on to tell us, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus, and then um, uh, I'm gonna stop there. But I want to. I'll go. I'll, I want to read this in a different translation. But um, you will experience verse seven. You will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. The peace of God will guard your heart and your mind as you live and walk out what God has set for you to do, the, the principles of the kingdom, how God has, has put on the inside of you to hold fast to the things which he has given you, hold fast to the promises of God, stay in the peace of God. Okay, and then, he, then in verse 8, this is where he goes in and he says, And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. Fix or set your mind on in your thoughts on what is true, honorable, right. And in the in the in another translation, it says uh, the Passion translation says, "Keep your thoughts continually fixed on all that is authentic and real and honorable and my admire admirable." I, I keep saying admirable, admirable, beautiful, and respectful. Pure and holy, merciful and kind, and fasten your thoughts on every glorious work of God, praising Him always. The message translation in, in for verse 8 says, Summing it all up, friends, I'd say you'll do best by filling your minds and meditating on things true, noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious, the best, not the worst, the beautiful, not the ugly, Things that praise, not things that curse. Now, if he's instructing the, the church at Philippi to set or fix your mind on these things, you think about this. If you think, if you go back to the to a dark place, if you go back to an ugly place, or you go back to a place of defeat, you're going to draw back from God. 
if you don't fix your mind and, and focus and set your mind on what is ahead for you and what is the 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 apostle Paul talks about like running your race and and that the crown that is set before you all of these things he he put he put in analogies of like sportsmanship or, or winning a race or, or an award or or your what you gain by 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 pressing on and and finishing the the race and the course by not quitting and not giving up and he put this analogy out there because so many people want to walk away from God because life gets difficult or there's something they don't understand that happens and there's there's confusion that comes into their life and they want to turn from God because things don't seem to work out the way they think and they don't focus on what the end result is and they don't stay or stick with or they don't they don't continue the bible says they that endure unto the end it is they that will receive the crown of life the only way you lose is if you quit if you back up or if you turn away from god and you run from him and and you stay uh you cut him off because god will never cut you off god will never cut you off or keep you from him, but the enemy wants to try to discourage or to cause us to turn back or just to stop telling anyone about God. Because, you know, uh, one thing that the enemy really strives at or tries to do is to keep us from sharing the absolute power, the most powerful thing, the most thing that is the truth Everybody's talking about my truth. There is the truth, and that truth is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the enemy wants nothing more than to keep you and your mouth shut. He wants to stop you from sharing with someone who is broken and hurting that God is the answer People don't want to tell that because they may they feel like they're not qualified enough or, or their life it maybe isn't everything it should have been or they haven't lived up to it or or you know they're they may be you know feel like they're a disappointment to God because you know there's their life isn't perfect. Listen, you are not the gospel. The gospel itself will stand up for itself. The gospel itself will hold up its own. You're, it's not your reputation that needs to to solidify the gospel. Absolutely, we, we don't want to live hypocritically or we don't want to be hypocrites and telling someone about uh, something and then living it something different. But really, when that comes in, that's mostly when people are, are judging people or telling people not to do something or don't sin and they're doing the same thing. There's very little you can do to tell someone about the gospel and they'd be hypocritical about it because the gospel itself is that you're not good enough and that Christ did it for you and it's a gift that he has given. So the gospel itself, when you when you think about the true gospel, the gospel is the message to the world that you, you're lost and you can't make it without God, but God has lit the path, he's built the bridge, He's made the way for you to have eternal life, and he's done it all. He's done the work. He's fulfilled it all. He's made a promise. He's made a covenant, and all he's asking of you is to just humble yourself and to just say, God, I I accept the gift and the, the way that you have made. I receive your son, Jesus Christ, as my Lord, and that he is the way, 
for eternal life and for salvation. And there's no way I could earn it or be good enough myself. And I'm falling on your mercy to tell you that I am lost without you. I am a sinful person. I am a sinner. And without you, I can't quit sinning. But with you, I believe that I can become a child of the Most High God. And when you fall on your on on the mercy of the Lord, and you that is that is the true gospel that you're not able to do it on your own. He's done it for you, and your faith and your trust is in what He did. So if you're telling someone that gospel, if you're telling someone the truth of of what the cross means, it's really kind of hard to be a hypocrite because if you tell them God loves you and God is God has paid the price for you even when you fail, if they see you messing up, they're going to say, "Hey, the gospel's for you too. You messed up and God still loves you and he's not he's, you know, it's whenever that that people want to tell other people don't do this and don't live that way and if you live that way you're going to hell and then they're they turn around and told what they are doing the very same thing they told you that you shouldn't do or you can't do or you're not or you're going to hell because of your doing and then they're doing it that's a hypocrite denying the cross of Christ denying the power of God living ungodly and then telling everyone else to be godly that's a hypocrite but the gospel itself will stand true and hold its own so uh when you're when you're looking at how to to walk and how to live and how to move not to back up not to run away. That's where the Apostle Paul is, is giving these analogies about the crown and, and the running and keeping the race and setting your mind on things above, things that are true, true and pure and lovely and have a good report. Think on these things. He says that, that way in the King James. This is what you think about because if you set your mind on these things, this will keep your heart and guard your mind. If your mind is set and fixed on God, you can't you won't be defeated and emotionally depressed thinking about the goodness of God. If you're having trouble, look go on online on the internet or on your phone. Most people have access to it and look up the goodness of God, the song the goodness of God and just let that play. It is God's goodness that chases and it's running after us. His goodness is running after us. That is the Father. That is the heart of the gospel. That is the truth. And when you set your mind on those things, setting your mind and fixing them on what God has for us and ahead for us, then it will guard your heart and your mind. It will keep you in a place of peace and rest. It will keep you in a place that you're not defeated. It will keep you in a place of, I can overcome and I can do this because with God's help, I'm not a quitter. With God's help, I'm walking this out. With God's help, and if he don't give up on me, then I'm not going to give up on me. If God still loves me, then I'm going to love me. When you look in the mirror, tell yourself, you're beautiful. You're a child of the Most High God. God has created you. He's given you a life, eternity, and nobody can take that away. So whatever you do, set your mind, fix it on things above. And the the uh, I'm just about out of time, so I'm going to go ahead and end this. And we may pick this up again, but really, the, in, in this day and age, and the time we're in, it is it is imperative that we focus and we set our hearts, set our mind, and fix ourselves 
on him. Let me go ahead and end this in prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord God, for, for taking this to a deeper place, Lord, helping people to, to, to get into your word themselves and to, and to, to lay hold of this and to not give up and to not quit. And Father, we thank you that we will not back up. We will not stop. We will not give up. We will not give in. Lord God, we are going to press in. And Father, for people that are struggling, people that are trying to focus on you and they're having trouble, Lord, I thank Thank you for helping them to fix their, their mind and set their mind on you and not back up, not quit, but to move forward in the name of Jesus. And Lord God, what you have given them and promised in your word that you are their source and their strength and whatever they have need of, if they just call upon you, if they set their mind on you, focus on you, God, and get into your word, then they will find that place of rest and peace and they don't have to quit. They don't have to back up in the name that is above every name, the precious name of Jesus. Amen.